This episode of the PC Perspective Podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the world's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 180,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For your free audiobook, go to audible.com slash PCPer. Hey everybody, welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 370 being recorded on October 7th, 2015. I'm Ryan Schrepp. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrith. And I'm Alan Malventano. And uh, Ken's bored. Was that was that Ken? I thought that was Josh doing something with his cam, <laughs> webcam footage or something. That was Ken. Uh, so what did I do? He slid you didn't in. See it. You slid in. It almost looked like a vertical, like a what on a CRT. The vertical hold was off. Yeah, the vertical hold nice. was off on your image. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so welcome to the show, everybody. It is the month of October. Yeah. Also known as the beginning of Q4. Uh huh. Also known as probably the best month. Really? Yeah, probably. Why is it? I mean, we don't have winter yet. We got lots of football. Oh, because of the football. There's lots okay. of football. That explains There's it. There's baseball playoffs into into. Um, World Series. Uh, I think hockey tailgating is, is hockey not painful today. As of today, hockey starts today. Mm-hmm. Tailgating is good. Like the weather's still decent. Mm-hmm. Uh, college basketball starts in October. Um, NBA basketball is in preseason mode, but it kind of doesn't really count yet. Uh, it's got it's Halloween. The Thanksgiving holiday weekend. Mm, I mean, fake Thanksgiving well, for Canadians. Yeah. No, it's it. We we win. It comes first. You win. Ours what? is better. What do you win exactly? Canadian Thanksgiving. Canadian we came Thanksgiving. first. Just, but you're last if you count like from the previous year. I don't know. That's right. If you if you loop around, you yeah. lose. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we get there first in November. Halloween is 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 probably the second best holiday. Uh, really good beers around. I I don't consider Christmas first. I think Thanksgiving is first. I just don't like Halloween. Once I had to start buying my own presents for other people, yeah. Christmas kind of went down on the list yeah. a little bit. <laughs> uh, and also because it just became super obnoxious. Like like the people and the Christmas oh. stuff became obnoxious. But I like Thanksgiving. I have a really cool like card party until like 4 a.m. on that Wednesday. And then as I go to bed, my wife and her family gets up to start cooking. Mm-hmm. It's this nice exchange on the stairway of the house. It's like, I'm going to bed. Okay, and you're getting ready to start cooking the turkey. <laughs> High five. Thanksgiving uh, is definitely patriarchy. Patriarchy. Yeah. <laughs> no, we, you we just have haven't seen Ryan try to cook. Yeah, you, I mean, you don't want me to cook any of that. I, I carve it at the end, and even that is – I have an electric knife for that, right? So yeah, it's Milwaukee. Cheating. It's bad sight. Is it made by Hitachi? <laughs> it is not, but it does vibrate. That's, that's it's, got Josh's, a, it's got a back and forth motion. That awkward moment at Josh's Thanksgiving table. <laughs> it's not working. Only three more hours and this will be jelly. <laughs> How do you get the stuffing in? Let me show you. <laughs> he uses the same utensil. It's a different attachment. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> uh, so uh, welcome to the show, everybody. We record this on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. Wow, I did that backwards than I normally do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we record at pcpro.com slash live. If you go to that URL, you can watch us uh, record the podcast, interact with us. we got the chat room open. We're all kind of paying attention to that as well. If you, ne- if you need a gentle reminder, you can go to pcpro.com slash subscribe, and you get this little page here that asks for your name and an email address, and we send you a notification, just a little reminder an hour or two hours before uh, we do any live stream like this. Um. Uh, during the 
during the week, I guess. Every Wednesday, but sometimes other times as well. And also, for people who are in the chat tonight, I think I have two or three more Star Wars Battlefront keys to, that I'll just kind of put into the IRC. For the beta. throughout For the beta, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which will basically get you in early because the full uh, public beta doesn't start until 1 p.m. Eastern tomorrow, so you can play a little bit uh, tonight as well, which, which should be interesting. So um, I played it for... We don't have that as a talking point anywhere, do we, Ken? No. Okay. Uh, I played it for like an hour and a half yesterday. I, did you play it after work? No. No, you played it for like 45 minutes. Okay. Yesterday. Well, I played it for like 45 minutes. I played the two maps, the two multiplayer maps, uh, the Hoth level, which I played in the alpha, and then the new one, whose name escapes me, gorgeous looking. Like, yeah. stunningly beautiful. Um you know, I was playing on a 980 Ti, 25 by 14 on a G-Sync monitor. Everything looked great, played great, was super smooth, um, and it was fun. I died a lot. I tend to do that in games. Darth Vader killed me a couple of times. Um, well, if you're gonna get killed, yeah, but I, like might I, I get killed by the know, guy. It was it was a lot of fun. I, I you took down a Tie Fighter. I did. I did. I took down a Tie Fighter with, with like with a, a rifle, what? like with oh, like really? a, yes, sweet, yeah. I mean, pretty awesome, it, it takes more than one shot, so I just happened to get the last shot on it. Mm. But it was pretty stunning when I did, and it kind of exploded. You know, it was like uh, that scene in Saving Private Ryan where Tom Hanks is shooting the tank, yeah, and then it just Saving times Ryan's it. Privates, right? Yeah, that's yes. a different. Yeah. That's a different one. That's a different one. He also dies. Same outcome with blanks. Yeah, somebody in the chat room says they saw me on the server, and unfortunately, going back to the days of Origin, when I created my username, I didn't realize that was also going to be my on-screen display name. So it's just Ryan Shrout. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, I wonder if that's. Uh, I wonder. Like you think that. that's Ryan Shrout? I don't know. It's oh. you know you don't know. The Gile. Uh, so let's get into a couple of reviews. Not a whole lot of ex- super exciting stuff this week. I blame mostly Josh and Alan. Yeah. Um, for not really producing anything for us to talk about today. Because uh, goodness knows I did nothing in September. Nothing. Oh. Yeah. yeah. It's October now, though. Yeah, it's, well, we're yeah. seven days into October. What have you done for me lately? It's, exactly. We're, we're a quarter of the way through this month. Eddie. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, think about that. Mori posted a review, though, of the Gigabyte Z170X Gaming G1 motherboard. This is our continued coverage of Skylake stuff, which maybe now is a little bit more interesting that you can actually buy Skylake processors, so that's always a plus. Um, this is a, it actually a pretty interesting board. Um, first of all, color scheme-wise, design style-wise, it is unique, right? It's a, lot of, it's a red and white, but... Um, it, it, it kind of looks like uh, it, it belongs in some of the Japanimation, like yeah. Shogo. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say What's the one about the police though? robots? Uh, it's probably called police, police robots. Nuts? No. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't follow up on my, my, Whatever. my anime. You've got an extensive collection at home. I, I own I own exactly two anime films. And let's, they're let's all be Star Wars related. One Akira of them is Akira. One is Akira, and one is Princess Mononoke. <laughs> Those are the two. You anime have, uh, heavy metal. No. Oh, shame on you. That's not Japan. It's not Japan. Yeah, that's that's not just cartoons close. made in no, U.S. That's, that's, true, that's true. That's true. Yeah, come on. Get your get your Japan animation. <laughs> but you still right. don't have heavy metal. No. Pat Labor. That's it. Thank you. Oh. Oh wait. Okay. I also own Ghost in the Shell. That makes three. Hmm. Yeah, sorry. Damn it, I lied. That's funny because I have Akira and Ghost in the Shell. But you don't yeah, have Princess Mononoke? Yeah, they actually Mononoke? just grow naturally no, I do in not. the movie contest. No, I, I've, got, I've got one of the later ones. It's a good movie. It's a good, yeah. They're good movies. Akira kind of messed me up as a kid. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Uh, anyway, back to this motherboard. Uh, 
it looks nice. It's got like it's got the hybrid water cooling, air cooling on the MOSFETs, power delivery stuff here. Um, it's got plenty of USB 3.0 and 3.1 as well. It's like double two color like uh, PCIe ports. What are you looking at here? Oh, so that's interesting. Let me go to that page, yep. or maybe it's in. Uh, here it is. So these are ultra durable PCIe metal shielding. So this is this is kind of interesting. It's actually a metal shroud that goes over the PCIe slot, obviously leaving leaving the connection part open. Yeah. And then it it it, it strengthens the it port, right? So it's saying it. 1.7 x x stronger in shearing, right? Like yeah, horizontal, right? And then 3.2 x stronger in terms of uh, retention, right? So you can't pull the the slot out of the motherboard and you can't rip it off of the motherboard. Yeah. Well, it looks way. like there's a it's well we've seen those before with the retention clip that's on both sides. Yeah, so it's not it's not so much the retention clip as it is like the like the when when you have a PCIe connection, it's just plastic, right? It goes through the PCB and yep. kind of like a clip on the other side. This is metal going through the PCB with with a tougher retention. Oh, so that on the, the other side. so that the plastic part won't pull up off of. Correct. The, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, for for DIY users, maybe not as important. If you do a lot of LAN gaming and you're carrying your machine around a lot, maybe that's that's cool. Yeah. For OEMs and that are building systems and shipping them on a regular basis, that's probably um, an, an incredibly nice thing to have. It looks cool. Too. It, I, I agree. I think it it adds to the visual appeal of it, right? The kind of two tone look. Yeah, like if you look at this picture here, um, and a lot of the new Gigabyte Z170 motherboards have this. So uh, that's yeah. I, I think it, I think it actually looks nice. Yeah, I mean it can't hurt. You know, in addition to reinforce it. potentially being helpful, uh, you've got your amp up audio. So you've got your op amps there. You can see there's two of them. That's uh, big choke looking thing. And where are we looking up here? The big red circle coil. Yeah, thing. that's the that's the chip. Oh, that's the that's chip. the Soundcore three D oh, from yeah. Creative. It's just fancy looking. No, yeah, yeah. Just fancy looking. Hmm. Uh, you can see there we've got a whole bunch of SATA ports. Oh, wow. Triple SATA Express, but obviously that converts into just normal SATA for those of us who don't have SATA Express ports, which is all of us or yeah. SATA Express devices. I'm sorry. Yes, it's the device that's the problem. Isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. And then here you can see. Um, the VRM circuitry uh, with the uh, the optional water cooling on there if you uh, if you choose to do it. Looks like I might be kind of tight for Maury's typical kind of. Oh, I bet crazy there's a picture in here. Large heat I sink bet there's a picture in there. here. This is a little bit tight, right? You can see this. Uh, mm. This is the eight pin ATX power connection. That is tight. Yeah, but the clip is on the yeah. outside, right? Like the. It is. Yeah. Also, You'd hope I mean, so. It should be okay. Yeah, as yeah, Ken try and I were getting an assist fan when everything else is installed. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah, that's true. The fan header there is even worse. Um, the this is something I think somebody should have figured out and fixed by now. Like standardized, just like placement and ease of installation. Ken and I were doing some mini ITX builds, yeah. and it gets even more complicated. Then yeah, everything's in a like a motherboard place. should maybe ship with an extension there so yeah. that you plug that in before you do anything else right and you mount it in there because the hardest part when I'm building a system even a normal size case is getting that 8 pin up the back mm-hmm. through some yep. opening in the in the chassis back plate yep. and then plugged into the 8 pin well they want it closer to the CPU is the point or closer to the VRM I get to it. the CPU I get it right yeah um I mean, I you makers too, are so nice. They give you a, a good three or four centimeters of spare length to be able to fit it in. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And, and it's 
I don't know if it's a design issue where they can't fix it or, or what, and maybe um, extenders cause issues with power delivery. I can't imagine they would. Really. Uh, it's like an extra three inches. It's all, yeah. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's the power supply is where it would need to And if you have line. a modular power supply, one of the things you can do is you can plug that in first. Yeah. Right? And then you feed it back through. But even then, on most power supplies, that cable is, like, not long enough to really do what you want to do. Anyway, it's kind of a sidetrack there. Um so Mori did a review of all this. Uh, he tests everything as you would expect. Uh, it does have, let's see, if you look here, notice the LEDs along the bottom here of the board, right? That's supposed to be white. That's not really, not really white. But there's red. It's configurable. That's what I'm getting at here. There's blue LEDs behind the motherboard. Hmm. And there's yellow. So that's kind of an interesting thing we've seen on some boards in this generation. It's kind of configurable, configure, configurable uh, color and design. So there's your giant heatsink. It does support a lot of graphics cards, so contact might be an issue if you have a ginormous. Look at that! Just he did it. He put those huge oh, yeah. heatsinks on it. Man will never stop. Oh, wait, were there two in the same picture? Or was that one? No, it was one heatsink. That was just... one heatsink. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. One it does have uh, an LED backlit back panel, which is nice. Yeah, so you can find stuff in the dark. You got yep. Um, that which you can change the colors of too. Well, that's pretty uh, yeah. interesting. Apparently, you can. Well, you know, it goes along with like you modded, got all those SLI modded cases for like lands and yeah. dark rooms and stuff. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so, oh, this is interesting. They also kind of have their own um, M.2 to U.2, U.2 adapter. Yeah. Now. Which that on the side says Am Amphenol four four nine three. That's probably not a. It's the connector brand. It's the name of the yeah, connector. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Not, not a cool brand. Um, it's a weird reinforcement, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just the latch for it, right? Yeah. I like how it's labeled Mini SAS on the board. Uh, oh yeah, it is because oh. it is. But. I mean, it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fair they just didn't update the branding on it. It is a Mini SAS connector, technically. Yeah. This board also yeah. comes with a front panel uh, USB three point one. That's the size of a DVD drive? Yes. It will fit in a five and a quarter inch. Is that seriously okay. fine? It's not but it uses hard. SATA Express. This is what's cool about it, right? Like, so oh, okay. The chip for the USB 3.1, because uh, Gigabyte is the only company using the, can help me here, what's the um, Intel chipset? Oh, Alpine Ridge. Alpine yeah. Ridge. That is Thunderbolt 3, 2, 3. 3. Three uh, and USB 3.1, like, through it. Yes. So this has one of those in that mm. add-on. Oh, and cool. it connects to the system through SAT Express. Right? And, so it's and, using the PCIe lanes of the SAT Express connection. And is that two SAT of power connectors? What is that? Yeah, two SAT of power connectors. It needs two? Well, Type-C can support however many watts. Technically. Yeah, Type-C uh, can yeah. technically go up to 100, but I don't think this goes up to 100. I think I read this goes up to 60, maybe. Huh. I mean, you got the extra connectors in your case, probably, so, you know, why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah everybody's got tons of that Both in of them, but... Uh, so go check out the review. You can look at all the bundled applications. Go through UEFI, otherwise known as BIOS in my lifetime. Um, look at performance, see overclocking, uh, CMOS battery placement. I think um, Maury would be sad to know that I salvaged uh, a CMOS battery from a motherboard here to save my uh, Chevy Volt's key fob mm-hmm. right, that had died. Um, so that board will forever forever be dead this is an expensive motherboard um 463 on amazon 499 on newegg this is kind of their 
flagship has everything model. Looks right. like it. Um, I don't know if this is one of the ones that was uh, certified for Thunderbolt 3 yet. I don't think it was. But they're pushing to have more of these certifications. I mean, if it has that module with it. So a lot of their motherboards have that Alpine Ridge controller. They don't necessarily have Thunderbolt 3 support in it yet. Like it's a driver update, firmware yeah. update type thing. And that wouldn't necessarily be able to pipe the video out of that, right? Like... I don't know if that's part of the certification process or not. Well, you're not sending video to it anyways. Like the Thunderbolt add-in cards had to have DisplayPort loopbacks. Yeah. Right, but on this you're just motherboard with the controller. Two. Oh, I thought we were talking about the external thing. No, right. like no. the Alpine Ridge is on the motherboard and mm-hmm. it's powering the USB 3.1. Like that, they're using Alpine Ridge mm-hmm. in this implementation solely as a USB 3.1 controller. Yeah. And not taking advantage of its uh, Thunderbolt, Thunderbolt three capability. Part. Okay. Um, so I don't know if there's an implementation issue there in terms of having to, to pipe DisplayPort connections through it in order to support the display side. Um, hmm. But I know they they announced two motherboards that supported it like a couple weeks ago or a week ago. Uh, but this was not on the list quite yet. This one did have a couple of uh, uh, stability oddities. Maury pointed out with P- uh, PC Mark 8, um, but we actually have, since this review has gone up, we tried to talk with them before this review went up, but um, since the review has gone up, they've been much more responsive in terms of like, oh, we're going to fix all this stuff. <laughs> so I imagine we'll have new firmwares in the not-too-distant future to uh, uh, address all of that. And uh, CMOS battery placement is a strength mm. of this board. Is listed, all right. is listed as a strength, and that's really... The defining factor. So you will be getting your us. next key fob battery from that motherboard. And stuff. Right, right, exactly, exactly. You know, you can you can buy those batteries at the hardware store. <laughs> yeah, but I was at the office and I needed wow. a battery. Yeah, yeah. Actually, to be fair, I had replaced it with an older motherboard's battery first. <laughs> That's too weak. And it was more dead than the first battery that was in it. That the car kept complaining about. It. Oh, hey, your battery's low. You should replace this. The new one I put it in didn't even unlock the car. I couldn't, like, standing right next to the door, I couldn't do it. It was completely dead. So I had to come back into the office and get a different battery. So, <laughs> so that was that was one of your original slot A motherboards, right? That Probably. battery? I don't know. It was, it was an AMD M5. I thought, well, I'm not going to use this board anymore. I'll just take this battery. <laughs> and uh, that was a mistake. That was a mistake on my part. That's what yeah. I get for saying that. Uh, another quick uh, bit here. From Sebastian, building the bench, a new system for cases and cooling. This is basically kind of an editorial that Sebastian wrote up for us, talking about the new hardware that he purchased to use in upcoming case reviews. You can see here um, a little bit of what goes on behind the scenes, how the sausage is made. He bought a Core i5-6600K Skylake processor. Um, He got a Radeon R9 290X. You might question why 290X. Uh, and it was more of because we wanted something that was big in physical size in terms of length and, and, and girth, if you and will. And could pump out the heat. Right. And it was something that was hot. Uh, but not uh-huh. uh, but not like a, the reference cooler design because that's – surely nobody, nobody buys those anymore, that's right? That's James Brown. Yeah. Ow. He got a couple of motherboards, the Asus ROG Maximus 8 Gene. Uh, which is a micro ATX board, and then the EVGA Z170 Stinger, which is the mini ITX board, obviously for uh, different configurations of of uh, cases that we get in. And then we got some Crucial Ballistics DDR4 memory, Silverstone 1,000-watt power supply. And then for the CPU cooler, we ended up going with um, 
a handful of options still, or at least that he was considering the H105 from Corsair, the H75 from Corsair, a Noctua, uh, L96, L9X65, which we actually have one of those in um, back there as well, and then a Fantex cooler of some kind as well. And then, again, this is you got to have mini ITX options and thin mm-hmm. ones and then, you know, normal sized 2 rad or 240 rad options for what the general purposes are here. So he basically goes over why he picked these parts and, and, and what you can expect to see. He's going to go back and retest some of the other cases that he's insulated his garage with. Um <laughs> to basement i believe it's basement. yeah basement i'm sorry he's been yeah. insulating his basement with cases in, in their boxes and everything so mm-hmm. um he'll, he'll take some of those back out retest with the new components and kind of get some new uh standardized metrics data but i think it's i think people like to see kind of what the decision process is to to a lot of this but there you go uh and then um maybe not finally but this a little bit more on my Android to iPhone update. I still have it. I haven't thrown it against a wall yet or anything. I haven't accidentally dumped it in a sink or a toilet or something. But, but if you did throw it against the wall, it would be less likely to bend. <laughs> yeah. Well, th- I don't have the Plus model that I use every day. Mm. So there's that. Well, that's still the better alloy. Yes, correct. Mm-hmm. So uh, in, in a couple of weeks, in the last couple of weeks, I, I've posted these stories about. Hey, I'm moving over from Android over to iOS. Surely we, we talked about these on last week's podcast as well. And the most recent update, let me make sure this went up after last week's. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. Um, I, I, I'm trying to do something. I keep, like, I'm taking notes on the phone about things that I experience on it or things or, that bug you or things that are better. And see, that's the problem is I keep finding that all I'm writing down are, well, this didn't work and this didn't work uh-huh. and this was broken and this and this, um, but and the notes app works. So like what? Like it what does. some examples. Uh, so like the, the and pebble then it deletes your notes, right? I think the right. pebble yeah. thing you talked about last week, the pebble time doesn't quite work. Yeah. You talked about it, that last it week. It shows notifications, but you can't reply or do anything yep. with it. Yep. Um, what else did I have on here? Um, it's because Apple locks down their API. The, the keyboard, the, the alternate keyboard continues to not work. Where I installed Swipe, and it will, when I bring up the keyboard to type in a new message, it will be the default keyboard. And if mm-hmm. I like hit the button for keyboard twice, like swap to emoji and swap back, which I know is what Josh mo- mostly texts in nowadays is emoji. Yeah, it will it will show up with the correct swipe keyboard that I want. I'm not now. sure what's causing that, but I like I had tried Swipe in the past, and mm-hmm. then when you brought that up. I put it on my phone again and decided yeah, to try see, it. Yeah, see, I just brought up the thing to type yeah. text message in it. It's not swipe. So, and it's so clearly set as default in settings. I decided to try it again, and it was doing that same thing. Yeah. And uh, I think the behavior, what used to be is if swipe didn't open properly, you would just get blank. You would get nothing. I think what they fixed, yeah. kind of, is that instead of nothing, you just, you just get, the get the regular the keyboard. Maybe, but that's still maybe not... It's, so you're saying it might be swipe's fault and not... Uh, well, it's yeah. one or the other. It's some interaction between the two, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, but the third-party keyboard thing is not where it should be since third-party keyboards have been, what, two OSs ago? Right. Like, no. that should just work. It was eight. Was it eight? Yeah. yeah. Okay, it well, work. well, one ago and awful lot of revisions Maybe you should try SwiftKey. Yeah, I could try that one. I think I installed that on the Plus, but because not on this one yet. I, yeah. It may be a thing with the swipe keyboard and yeah. it just not be supported very well. I don't know. Might be. Yeah, I mean... Uh, so what else is there? What other kind of stuff? I feel like the Bluetooth range on the phone is less than the Bluetooth range I have on my Droid Turbo. 
haven't been able to prove it in any, any way. I just get this feeling that like I'm getting connectivity issues I didn't really get before. Yeah. Uh, with Bluetooth devices. Um, it might be the iPhone using like the low energy or the low power mode maybe, for Bluetooth. Maybe. Because I know Gmail the- updates and syncing are not as fast and instant as they were on Android. Kind of makes sense, right? Yeah. Just because the implementation wise. Uh, are you using the Mailbox app? I am not using Mailbox because Mailbox we've had pretty much makes before. it instant. I mean, it's not going to be more instant than it's, Gmail. It's like within like a second or two. Yeah, I don't know. It, yeah. Actually, what it what does it is annoying is I get a notification on the phone that I have a new email. Yep. But when I open up Gmail, it's not there at the top. Yeah. I kind of have to like pull down oh. and refresh, and then it shows up. Oh wait, I. I, I had that happen on the desktop side. I get, I'll get the notification on my phone and yeah. be able to read the email and not show up on Gmail on the web. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Like I'll get a notification on the phone, but when I actually go into the app, if it's I don't not there yet. If I don't go into through the notification. You have to refresh it and yeah, stuff. I have to refresh it. Yeah. Um huh. Yeah, but I mean there's a lot of positive stuff here. Like I went to the Bengals game on Sunday. Right. And usually that is a place where there's a, a lot of people there. You got sixty thousand people all in the same area. Connectivity is bad, so your battery life tends to suffer mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. I had no issues with that with my iPhone at all. Did you have good connectivity? Uh yeah. Yeah, it's, it was fine. Like I don't I'm not doing a lot of downloading or anything right, right. out there. But I mean like was it, you know It was it was responsive. Okay. Yeah. Um and then it charges faster than I expected it to. I know this is something Ken and Alan told me. Uh, the, the, when I said I was going to, I think on the first time we talked about it, I was going to miss quick charge. Yeah. It was like, doesn't really but matter. But with this, it seems to act very similarly. It yeah. seems to charge very quickly. Um, even though it doesn't like, they don't brag about that feature. They don't talk about charge times yeah. or charge rates or anything like that, which is interesting. But again, this is a smaller battery too. So it's, filling up, battery. it's filling up almost about half of what the droid turbo had to charge. Yep. So if it charges twice as fast, maybe that makes sense, I guess. Kind of. Right? Yeah. Um, but overall, like, I, I, I still like it. I think every day that goes by that I continue to enjoy using it, um, my wife gets a little bit more angry because she kept telling herself that when I decided I didn't want this anymore, I was just going to give it to her. Oh, she was going to get it? Right. She's an iPhone person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, she's had an iPhone for forever. She's like, well, yeah. when you don't like it, I'll just take it because she's still on a 5S or something uh-huh. like that. And she, we were at Home Depot today. And she was like... So you about done with that? Yeah, I was like, no, 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 I still got, you know, I still got um, twenty days I left. Testing to do. Eighteen days left on my yeah. thirty day thing. Anyway, testing. I got, I got to make it through that. Um, but so far, so good. Like I said, th- there's, there's other things. I have another post that's going to go up uh, maybe tomorrow. Should be tomorrow. Um, that will look at like a benchmark performance mm-hmm. in addition to my experienced performance. Um, so we'll talk about that as well. And then battery life, which is also a very interesting discussion as well. I've been very. So which uh, which chip do you have in yours? TSMC. <laughs> oh, uh, I have the Samsung. Samsung. We both have Samsung. In the six S. I have the Samsung in the six S, and I have the TSMC in my six S Plus. But you can't directly compare those because the battery capacity differences, the display differences, the thermal limit differences, right? Because they're in different chassis. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, I did see some of that stuff going around today about the potential that. A 6S with a TSMC built chip versus a 6S with a Samsung built chip, we're getting as much as two hours battery life difference. Yes. I find that impossible to believe. Um, that one of two things: one, that it, that it's technically possible, mm-hmm. and two, that Apple would somehow go, ah, we're not even going to check enough. it. It's close enough, right? Like for a company <laughs> that is so particular about 
Yeah. That always gets blowback whenever there's some kind of a thing, right? right? Like, and they're also known to be very accurate in their battery life estimates on their website, like for yeah. the product. Like, they tend to be fairly honest yeah. about what it is, and, and it, and it t- tends to be correct. Um, so, I, I find that impossible. I, I, I don't know. Like, you know, the, the the people that are sourcing data are people running the Geekbench battery test on Reddit, and then. Some people are kind of compiling data. The problem is, is you don't you just don't know like it's not apples to apples for sure. Like if you if you know. if one person's on Wi Fi, if one person's on Wi Fi and one person's on a weak LTE connection or something like that, like that's going to affect the battery life that's a true. lot. I I just not knowing what the uh, the testing criteria were, criteria. the conditions were. Yeah. Uh, it's it's hard to put any kind of credence behind that. But um, and, and out of all of the things you could compare on battery life anec- or on phones anecdotally, battery life is the one that you can't. Yeah, you, yeah. Like, if you have a lot of notifications, if you have a lot of backgrounds, are so different on right, yeah, right, correct. It's just yep, it's true. So I, I don't, I don't put a whole lot of uh, of emphasis on that yet. I will say that my initial battery test results show that the six S gets about two hours less battery life in our fairly heavy, intense Wi-Fi browsing test. Mm-hmm. Than the six plus does success plus success plus I'm sorry which is expected because of the battery size difference mm-hmm. um, and you have them at like and one and this brightness. one is TSMC and one is Samsung like I think your brightness was kind of it's pretty high oh 180 lux that's what you were going for yeah okay. it's it's fairly high in the grand scheme of things um, so again it's like you don't look at the 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 absolute number you look at it relative to other things yeah right because. When we, we normalize all of our tests at 180 lux, whether it be on tablets or laptops or phones, um, that way. So, yep. So anyway, that is uh, that's kind of our my iPhone update. Like I said, we'll have benchmarks and and battery testing coming up soon, and then I will probably try to to compile all of it into a here's an actual review. It will basically be all of my thoughts that I have had, and then compile we'll, your notes together. You know, I'll put in like camera testing and, and some of the other mm-hmm. stuff that we've done on, on, on previous phone reviews too. So uh, we will do that. Uh, let's take a quick break here, guys, and thank today's podcast sponsor. That would be friends at Audible, audible.com. Obviously, chances are if you guys listen to podcasts, you know what Audible is. You probably listen to audiobooks right? too. I would I don't know I would go as far to say that Audible was kind of the first long form audio option for yeah. people. Right. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe not before podcasts were even a thing, but before podcasts were popular. Mm-hmm. Right. So Audible is um, the leading provider of audiobooks. If you don't know, they have over 180,000 downloadable titles now across all types of literature, uh, fiction, nonfiction, periodicals. Um, audiobooks are use AKA uh, for Josh books on tape. Um, mm-hmm. uh, are in my opinion. One of the best ways to read or listen or experience new uh, written word. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out because we had this debate before the podcast. Is, are you reading a book when you when you listen to it on Audible? Are you listening to a book? It's the only the way. Nomenclature is difficult. It's, it's got to be way, reading. It's the only way I seem to accomplish reading of books. That's true, right? <laughs> so you can do this while you're driving, stuck in traffic, on the subway or bus, doing chores around the house, at the gym, doing errands, shopping, that type yeah. of stuff. Anytime where you're listening to podcasts, you could also be listening to educational or informative or entertaining books mm-hmm. along the way. Uh, for our audience members, Audible does offer 
offer a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out their service. Um, I was trying to think of one that I had gotten to recently, uh, and Ken on Ken's desk is a paper version, ugh, a paper version of Ready Player One. I have that too. It's uh, I, I, yeah. I mean, it, it's uh, how I didn't, long, how long I didn't, is that book? I didn't out? read it. I got the audio book. Did you? There you go. <laughs> but I have the paper copy because I was at a con and Ernie Klein was there, and I wanted him to sign something, and you can't sign an audio book. That's so true. That's, I went and I bought the Ready Player. Sign one. my screen. Oh damn it! I, yeah. oh, I did not. I did not think that went through. Uh, uh, so Ready Player One um, is it's. It's read by Will Wheaton on the mm-hmm. audiobook version. It is a movie coming out in 2017 mm-hmm. uh, that will be directed by Steven Spielberg. It is essentially a a future of us where virtual reality and uh, is kind of is everything is everything right? Like yeah. people live in stacked mobile homes, and you experience anything that is worthwhile in life through through VR through this VR system, and it is. Uh, it's it's actually really really good. It's really well written. It's like Oculus I've been trying to get Ken 25. to read it for a while. Uh, maybe he can't read, and I don't know. And if that's true, Ken, now we have the perfect option for you. You can listen to it on Audible, and um, they have some really cool features with this. Like, so you know, obviously you can download it on your phone. You can download it uh, on on your PC, mm-hmm. on your tablet. Uh, this one, uh, not every book has this, but a lot of them do now. They have Whisper Sync capability. Um, yes, yeah, so I've got the book on Kindle. It'll just like crossover to well, so, yeah where like you if you're reading on Kindle and then you want to get in your car and you got to drive 40 minutes mm-hmm. to work it picks it right up it will sync and you can play it back and, and it will read to you starting at where you stopped reading the book that is pretty on cool Kindle, which is which is really awesome and I remember when Amazon bought audible I thought this would be like the perfect thing if they could do that and they <laughs> and figured they, out, it. they figured out a way to do it <laughs> uh, they also have this capability I think this is relatively new as well uh, useful for Josh Anybody really, but Josh for small children, um, mm-hmm. which is uh, immersion reading on the Kindle Fire HD, which lets you listen and read at the same time and highlights the text as you read along with the narrator. Which that would be actually some great people for like kids. to read like that, and I think it would be great for kids and children's books where you yeah. know they're you know the, what are we talking about the, the bouncing ball across the screen yeah. on kids shows and stuff like that. Uh, so. If you want to get an audiobook for free, you can try Ready Player One. You can try anything else uh, from their library. If you go to, let me see here, audiobook from audible.com, uh, audio, audible.com slash PCPer. They made it as easy as we can get. If you go to audible.com slash PCPer, you sign up there, go through your PC or your laptop or whatever, sign up there, and then you can download your Audible app on your phone or mm-hmm. tablet. Uh, works on iOS or Android, and then you can get your book and, and start streaming that way. So we definitely thank audible for their support of pc perspective uh and it's a it's a great product i honestly don't use it as much as i should and it's disappointing um my commute's not as long as most people's mm-hmm. it's about 5.6 miles yeah so Doesn't take us that long yeah yeah well, maybe i we'll tend have to, to pick up some speech to text software so that i can uh, read it yeah yeah i wasn't i wasn't when i when i was working for the word. navy and i had a half an hour commute then I listen to audiobooks, but yeah. now I listen to podcasts. I mean, it would be it's it's like what I sh- what I should do, and what I think more people should do is like, hey, you know what? I'm cleaning my house for oh, two yeah. hours on Saturday. Yeah, totally is good for that. Put on headphones, ignore your wife, listen to an audiobook, <laughs> clean oh, in just peace, blast it, just blast clean it through the peace. house. Yeah, they got a baby sleeping. To be honest, it depends on what you know. You know what I do? I actually do the work and I think to myself and, and I create new and original thoughts instead of listening to somebody else's. 
Oh. No, you don't. Okay, that's right. I'm a plagiarist. <laughs> <laughs> I plagiarize like the wind. You haven't had an original thought in a decade. At least. At least. At least. All right, let's get into some uh, some news stuff from this week. Alan. Yeah. The 850 Evo MSATA has been updated. Yeah. What, tell me, when did the 840 Evo get its first update? Its first update? Yeah, like when that they, was like over a year when ago. they actually fixed it. Oh, when they actually... No, that was more recent. Oh, like damn it! When okay. they when they finally fixed it. So the 840 Evo, people that don't remember, had the issue where you had uh, a degradation in performance over time on old data, data yep. that wasn't written to. They released a fix. It didn't really fix it. That was in January. They released a fix, kind of fixed it, and then they released a real fix. Uh, yeah, the real fix was April. In April, okay. And it came out for the 840 Evo. 840 Evo 2.5 inch firm- SSD. The firmware only applied to the 2.5, which was weird because the previous fix attempt applied to the 2.5 and the MSATA model. Yeah. It just applied to both, and we tested it on both, and then still had the issue on both, right? Yeah. But then when they came out with this final fix, the one with the advanced performance optimization and stuff in it, sure. right? uh, the one that actually did fix the problem, um, it didn't apply to the MSATA version, which kind of left a bunch of mobile people like out in the cold because they were like, hey, I'm on a laptop. I yeah. have MSATA. What's up with this? Right? Like we still never had the 840 plane fix. That has not been. That is like the last one. The 840 Pro doesn't need a fix. No, because it's Cause MLC. It doesn't use TLC. Right. So you got 840 Evo, MSATA now being addressed. Now it's addressed, yes. And did we like verify it? Uh, we didn't have old enough data. To oh, really right. show a big difference on right. specifically on our MSATA model, right? Um, but uh, there was a guy on Overclock.net that did that did the dud that did did dud. that dud did it. it seemed. I mean, not not a lot of people have the MSATA model. Correct. I mean, it, right. If Compared you look at it in terms of uh, sell through, yeah. the MSATA is probably a twentieth. Would be my guess, maybe probably, more than that. Yeah, yeah, like maybe less than that. Yeah, uh, of of because A forty Evo was such a huge selling product. Yeah, right? and I mean, I, I did see a difference on ours, but this difference on from this four member was clearly much larger. He obviously had some oh, very old data yeah, on the drive. Yeah, yeah, there we go. So you know, it was it was slow, and then he ran the update, and he was careful to say that he ran it right after the firmware update, which is also important because the advanced performance optimization just like rewrites everything. If you if you let it sit, if you let it yeah, do it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you just like patch the firmware and then immediately run a you know a, a test, yep. Well, he's getting those results before the drive could even have a chance to read sure. and write all that sure. stuff, right? So that's confirmed that it's doing what it's supposed to do on the MSATA model. Now, I guess the only thing left is. Just the regular 840, which Samsung Does it has. matter now? I mean... Like, Ken has an 840, and we were talking about it when this came. He's Ken like, has yeah, an 840, and he's pissed about it still. Yeah, but it's, right? at this point, like, would you even update your SSD, Ken, if, if I, a patch showed I up? I think it's in my dad's laptop, because I didn't want to deal with it anymore. That, that's the other Pass issue, the right? It's Pass like, the buck. Well, but, yeah. But I think, <laughs> but I think that with this type of issue, since it's something that affects the drives over time, right? Yeah. Then potentially think of someone still using this three or four years down the road. It's even if, more of a problem. If it could have slowed over time, it definitely did. Like the whole thing, probably except for the little bit that was recently written, sure. would have been going you know a fraction of the speed. Yeah, should so, have switched back to a hard drive by now. Well, <laughs> well, what I'm saying though is like Am as, I wrong? as the years go on, more people notice the problem. Yeah. Right. So, if anything, like th- it's motivation to fix it, right? So, at least then, even though it's taken them a long time to get it right in the case of the 840 Evo, and or even address it at all if it happens in the case of the 840, 
at least by then there would be an update out there. So like, hey, my drive's going solid. Oh, I, hey, there's a firmware. Right? I guess, but how long did it take for people from from release of the 840 Evo to when to we notice? Start, first started reporting about this? It was like it was, eight months, right? Yeah, it was like eight months, yeah. It's been a lot more than eight months. Oh, right. And it keeps getting worse. Well, what do you mean? Oh, on like, unpatched drives. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but now there's fixes for more and more of the, you know, of the population. And do HD over and see what it does. Dad, yeah. you don't yeah. need a laptop? Give me that. <laughs> Yoink. There yeah, you. but I'm just, you know, I'm happy they stuck with it. They could have just... Plenty of companies would have probably just, eh, it's two years, more than two yeah, years old, they, screw it. But they right? didn't do the 840 yet. Like They, they, they already kind of, eh, a lot of it. Yeah, and there are also enterprise models that have that, that same TLC yeah. planar flash in it and are also do you, susceptible to that. Do you think there, there were some like particular OEM that maybe used 840 Evos in their laptops that said, you need to fix this? Uh, I don't know. I mean, if it was just like one OEM and like, what, like Dell or, or Lenovo or HP or somebody used a bunch of these and it was either an OEM or people read our previous article where we said hey the A40 still not the, the yeah, but the still 840 we said the 840 still didn't have it too and they didn't and fix that Samsung and, and, still and a lot yet. more people have 840s and have M set I would I would agree that's with that. true yeah, I would agree and, with that. and also a fact is Samsung has yet to acknowledge to me that the 840 is affected by the issue. Yeah, that's the thing that pisses me off the most. I, I keep pushing the other direction on it, but <laughs> I, I have yet to get that back. Uh, but I, I, I heard a rumor that they might be patching it soon, but I don't know uh, for sure. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah, and Bananarama's coming right back. Uh, yeah. I hope not. Uh, let's see. Let's move on here. Pascal, rumor, roundup, and photos. Josh, what are these new Pascal rumors? Well, you know, I, 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 there's some folks saying that it's going to be out in like April of 2016. Mm. Uh, it's going to have upwards of, on the professional side, 32 megs, 32 gigs yeah. of HBM. <laughs> 32 megs. 32 <laughs> megs. Yeah, we're going back to uh, what? That voodoo unboxing I did had 16. Thank you very it has, much. It has compression. It has texture compression. Yeah. Yeah. TNT2. Electric Boogaloo. So this, this picture that was like, uh, I guess it was a picture of a person Slide. doing a presentation. Yeah. Uh, the WCCF tech got a hold of it. I mean, this, this looks pretty similar to the kind the of mock-up that we had seen. Um, mm-hmm. although it, the, looks, it looks almost exactly the so same as the, the render. So the difference is, if you look... In the render, it's in 3D. there was no interposer. Oh. Right? Now there's an interposer. Yeah. Like, the, the, it was just... Oh, it wasn't a that dark-colored square. Right. There was no, it was it was on It was on package, it was not on, on, the package. On, a, on, a, on an interposer. Yeah. So, I mean, this this kind of... We, we knew it had to work that way, but now you got a picture of it. So it's like, okay, it was just a rendering issue. So, um, anyway, Josh, sorry. I mean, did you think that 2016... April 2016 release time frame is feasible, knowing what we know about Apple's kind of dominance of all of those fabs? Process nodes? Maybe. But I would be more leaning towards June, July. Yeah. But that's just me. So... Um, Place your bets. Where's the poll? Let's start it. GTC is the first week of April this year. So then soft launch... And we'll be shipping these in 
June, July, or well, something. Well, I wouldn't think that. That's that's a very I mean, long soft launch. I I I would it wouldn't surprise me if they release Pascal to the Quadro Teslas first. Really? They would have really? the benefit of have they ever thirty-two gigabytes. Yeah, the the first um, Kepler part, wasn't it? Uh, GK one hundred. Is this an up to 32 gigabytes what was, what was before Kepler? Um, Fermi. Yeah, Fermi, yeah. Fermi came out. Yeah, you're right. Fermi was released right. 16 yeah. gigs. because they yeah, talked okay. about all the compute capability of the GPU. 16? And then people, really? People complained mm-hmm. about... Um, the consumer part needs 16 gigs? doesn't need 16 gigs. <laughs> I mean, isn't 8 enough? Yeah, but that I mean... That's, enough. that's going back to the 70s. Just saying. <laughs> so it, I mean, it applied then, it applies now. You gotta look more at how the HBM kind of works into it. Right, okay. so um, maybe you can't. I mean, do you properly need more address memory? eight? You have to have more dies to address. Oh, so it you're all saying for the par- like parallelism? Yeah, yeah like yeah. I don't know if that's the case, but I would imagine HBM two maybe have some 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 changes like that where they kind of go have a minimum to do that right because yeah. uh, HBM one is at four and two goes up to thirty two. Is that what we said, Josh? Yeah, sixteen yeah. to thirty two. Yeah. And, and maybe the memory is so cheap to manufacture because, again, it will still be low band, like low frequency. That's true. Per die, yeah, it's really very low dense. frequency. Yeah. Yeah. So it may be super cheap to manufacture that way. I don't know. Hmm. But. Yeah, I think I think the the big problem is is the packaging at all. It's it's still hard work. Yep. But I mean, obviously, with AMD doing the Fury X and and all of its derivatives, that that's improving. Yeah. And Certainly by next year, it's not going to be as big a deal. But, uh, you know, it's kind of a significant jump. There's a lot of research and development going on and money being spent. And uh, the other rumor is that uh, NVIDIA may be getting a lot of the HBM2 memory, but AMD is not, which I find that hard to believe because AMD was a massive contributor to HBM, and they spent a lot of money and uh a lot of time to get people to get around to their thinking. So, the, you know, this chip's supposed to be about 17 billion transistors, so more than double of what we have today, which makes kind of sense because they're doing 16 nanometer FinFET as compared to 28 nanometer planar. So you can cram a bunch more transistors, but it's going to be interesting to see what exactly the final transistor count will be. Um, everything we're looking at is that these are going to be, you know, both from AMD and NVIDIA, these are going to be a massive jump in overall performance hmm. as compared to previous generations. I mean, we got a ton more bandwidth, we got a lot more space, and we've got these massive chips that just can do an insane amount of com- computations to uh, really saturate your computer and, and your monitors. Maybe, okay. It's going to make 4K comfortable and yeah. happy. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Do we think like the performance per dollar is going to make some kind of a decent jump, like more than the typical percent year over year, like that it we're seeing so on far? The skew and where they price it. That's what I mean. Like, is this the thing that will I don't? Do that? I don't think we'll see. I don't think changes. we'll see changes in the pricing structure yeah. more than we've seen before. Like. Will they come out with a thousand dollar part? Yes, they will. Sure. Be, there will be a Titan X equivalent, but <clears throat> I think the six hundred and fifty dollar equivalent. So it'll be a scaled back version of this. It'll be like twenty percent faster than a nine eighty Ti or something. 
twenty percent faster. I mean, like I don't know. I mean, I, honestly, I can't say. I don't. I really hmm. don't know for sure. Because um, it's like you know, every time there's like another thing. Yeah. It's like but I mean, that comes, down, that comes down to what Josh's prediction here is that he thinks that this GPU architecture will be a more significant jump forward than yeah. even Maxwell was. Over because Tesla. we've essentially skipped a process node improvement. Yeah, they jumped over one. Typically seen in graphics processors. We've been stuck at 28 nanometer. We've got the Maxwell. We've got uh, Fiji. And those are both improvements from what the original products that were introduced at those were. But still, that was a lot of design work. And not only that, but they've taken that design work and they've applied it to this new, faster, more dense process node. And so we should see a pretty significant jump in 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 performance at any price point that they decide to release it at right cool yes cool cool you know what else is cool jeremy the the fact that uh, chromebooks the chromebook pixels are coming down in price they're coming down in price well, I mean, th- this brand new Pixel C is not going to be a thousand dollars. Oh, I see, I see, I got gotcha. you. It's also not going to be a Chromebook. That's true. It is based on Android, not Chrome OS. Okay, fair oh, enough. But yeah. yeah, so that's not a Chromebook. It's still the same team. The brand it's is the, the guys that did Chromebook are doing this one. It is confusing branding. Yes, very for sure. So what 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 is powering this device? What are we looking at? It's a. It's a the Pixel C is a convertible tablet running Android Tegra. 6 Marshmallow. Yes. Hasn't it's like, running Marshmallow on Tegra X1s. Hasn't anybody that's tried running Android in like a like a you know laptop-ish kind of form factor gotten pissed off? Like including you even? Like didn't you try for a while? And <clears throat> I, I don't think I ever do used enough? it for a while, but... There I, was some device you were trying to use that was Android. Android was not who was it? Was a Motorola came out with a device? Oh God! That, like had a dock, not the Atrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Motorola because oh. it was Nvidia's first mobile chip. They had it in a phone, yeah. and then you could dock it. I, I never had one long enough to to like use it, but I knew it was not a great experience. And that was four years ago or yeah, something. Yeah, least. but it's. I mean, it's still Android. Like it's gotten better, but like. A, I don't want to use any tablet OS in this form factor, but that's a whole other thing. Some yeah. people do, I imagine. I mean, it's a 10-inch right. tablet, 2560 by 1800. It's an A4 r- ratio. A4, like paper? What, wait, yeah. exactly. Tim wrote this up. It's bizarre. A 1 to the square root of 2 aspect ratio. Is that accurate? <laughs> that's A4. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's A4. That's how that <laughs> Is that really? Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. Okay. I thought when he I read that, mistyped. I was laughing my ass off. All right. That's pretty good. All right. <laughs> the industrial design on this thing is beautiful. Yeah, it does look It does look pretty nice. And it, it doesn't have a physical hinge. It's magnets holding the two things together. Yep. And they, like, picked it up by the screen and held it upside down. And it didn't fall off. Huh. But d- don't turn it to 90 degrees or it'll pop off. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's 100 to 135 degrees, which for me seems. A well, it'd be weird to pick up your laptop at a 90 degree angle. So that's and like. put it at a 90 degree angle. Then, like, that's 135. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's you know, typical I mean, laptop. Like, that's. I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah. But it's just you move it towards yourself just a little too much and pop. The oh, and it comes off. And, oh, oh, I see. I see. Mm, I see. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I could see. Like, I do that every once in a while if I'm laying on the couch and I've got the laptop sitting on my stomach or something like that and flip it back a little bit so you Doink. can actually see. Yeah, yeah, that would hurt if it detached and fell on your chin or something. And 
Yeah, that would be bad. Uh, so it is powered by a Tegra X1, 3 gigs it of is. RAM, 32 gigs, 64 gigs of storage. Okay. And a 256-core Maxwell GPU. Why do you think Google continues to build devices based on the Tegra X1? I don't know. Based on Tegra chips. They've well, been the far and away the biggest uh, buyer of Tegra chips. Yeah, I mean, it's performance, right? It's graphics performance. They have, yeah. they have really good graphics performance. They do. You can't they do. They that. have the best still yeah. in the SOC market, probably. Um, <clears throat> and they're power efficient at it. Relatively. Uh, I mean, yeah. Ish. I, 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 yeah, I can't I wonder see. if NVIDIA may be offering them some nice uh, cost benefits so like, that like they develop here's this, for that chip. Here's this batch of chips. Put them in what something. Was, what was the, like, ro- the, what was the vi- uh, visual learning device that Google made that had Tegra? Project in Tango. Project Tango Which had an X1. has Intel in it, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah, it had a Tegra X1 in it. The Nexus 9 has a Tegra yeah. X1 in it. The Nexus, the original Nexus 7 did. Yeah. It didn't have a Tegra X1, but, but it had, it had a Tegra. Tegra. Yeah. 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 And now this has a Tegra X1 as well. Yeah, there's an interesting history there. Available in December, 499 for the 32 gigs, 599 for 64 gigs. <clears throat> and the uh, keyboard dock is 149 Yeah. All right, there's an awful it's, lot of competition out there that yeah, runs a full It's surface OS. territory. Yeah. I mean, well, so not the new ones, but. Clearly, Google didn't just start developing this after the Apple iPad Pro was announced. No, it but, must but have it's clearly the, the competition for it. I it's guess. significantly less expensive than the iPad Pro. Uh, it's smaller. Didn't the iPad Pro start at eight ninety nine without the keyboard. I don't. Yeah, but remember, it's smaller. Honestly. It's a much smaller ten inch screen. versus twelve inch. Yeah, that's a pretty decent change in a screen. Yeah. Ken doesn't like twelve inch devices anyway. Oh, but okay. no, I like twelve inch devices. He doesn't like twelve inch devices. Don't listen. His to MacBook what? Airs. I've been using a 12-inch computer oh, for the past. <clears throat> he doesn't like fourteen inch devices. Yeah, his MacBook yeah. Air is twelve. No, they're they're too big for him. Isn't it 12? It yeah. is 12, right? Well, it's 11.6. So, okay. You know. <laughs> Soaking wet. Yeah, round up. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know exactly what the audience is for this because... Yeah, I don't I know. I feel like if you... like, Yeah, if there's an audience for Android tablets. Are there is there an audience for people who want to do more with their Android tablets that they necessitate a keyboard? Is there dock? capability enough in Android <coughs> to do that? Yeah, I mean, there is. Like, Really? In my opinion, there's as much... I see more fools using iPads with keyboards. Do docs. They have, do they have like Word taking for? Notes? Do they yeah. have Word yeah. for Android? Yeah, yeah. yeah. okay. They oh, yeah. And Android. they've got they got all the Google Doc suites. Okay. Yeah, right? that's true. Um, I I think I, I would imagine that if you look at it today, not counting the iPad Pro, mm-hmm. if you look at it today, the Android and iPad kind of like productivity capability is fairly similar. There's more. There's probably more apps for the iPad to take advantage of that stuff, um, but like the operating system implementation for it, I would imagine. But, is, but is I think it's similar. still a niche thing as far as people being I that agree. productive on one of those. I agree. Yeah, I agree. This, uh, this is a device they're wanting. They're go, they're expecting to sell high volume on. No, it's a none of the piece. Nexus devices or Pixel devices would they do that? <laughs> I think they hope to sell. And high I mean, volume. <laughs> I don't think they do. You don't think they? Do? I don't think they do. I think they. What's I think the it'd be really nice, but I don't think they're manufacturing. I think they just extremely high want volume. to prove to other people that you can do it, yeah. so that other people make uh, okay. the devices. That's it, kind of the whole idea of the yeah. Nexus program and the whole hardware program. Is they're not trying to sell. T- they're not going to sell two million Nexus fives, yeah. or Nexus six Ps or whatever. Um, I mean, they do sell. Maybe two million is a low number, but they're not going to sell that many. It's not going to be the most popular Android phone yeah. on the market. Like they know yeah, that that's true. Samsungs and LGs and all that are. Are gonna are gonna surpass it. So, hmm. I don't know. Any other thoughts on this, Jeremy? Or I, when's it supposed to be out? 
Um, Christmas time. Oh, okay. So it's a little bit further out. When's the iPad Pro supposed to be out? November, I think. So yeah. Christmas time. Of course, so Christmas time. All right. Noted. Noted. Our now, tablets are getting bigger. Let's talk about more interesting tablet devices. Okay. Uh, this week, Microsoft announced two new Surface devices. We'll start with the one that's kind of more uh, what we expected to see. This is the Surface Pro 4. It is a Skylake-based upgrade to Surface Pro 3, which actually skipped Broadwell. So it went from Haswell here to Skylake. Um, it's a little bit thinner. It's a little bit lighter. It's better performing. Uh, they changed the type cover some, so it's a better keyboard. Uh, the touchpad is now bigger, 40% bigger. It's glass. The pen that it ships with no longer has to use an elastic tassel to attach to the device. <laughs> it has uh, heavy-duty magnets on the side of the unit that attach it to it, kind of like it looks like a clipboard, yeah. I guess. Um, still got the same kickstand design. Uh, Flip-up keyboard. It's thinner. The keyboard itself is thinner. God, they're, they're commercials. Is that their commercials for them that we were watching? The, the hype video? Yeah. Those were great. Those were amazing. They were, yeah, they the, were fantastic. They were shockingly so, good. They were yeah. so well done. Yeah. Uh, it's still 12.3 inch, oddly res, odd resolution, 2736 by 1824. It's a 3x2 resolution, so the same aspect ratio as uh, of an iPad, essentially. Uh, uh, no. iPad's 3x2? iPad's 4x3. Yeah, it's 4x3. Oh. 3x2 okay. is the more The previous services have been 3x2. They have been, the last yep. one was three by okay. two. Yep. Uh, pixel, pretty high pixel density, 10, put, 10 point touch interface, all that stuff. Uh, they say they've improved latency, palm detection, pressure sensitivity. I think they said with the pen they have 1,024 different pressure sensitivities uh, points wow. on on it for, for drawing and, and yeah, that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. That's good. Uh, they claim the, surf, the new Surface Pen will have a year of battery life on it. And then what happens? Then you recharge it? I don't know. It becomes a pencil. <laughs> comes the apple pencil that uh like, i don't know like, i don't know because like you might have to <clears throat> take it apart to change your battery it would be, it would, it would be some watch batteries in there yeah yeah there's probably like watch little, batteries like little disc batteries yeah probably it'd be smart if it like charged when it was attached to the side of the tablet like with the magnets inductive. like inductive yeah, some kind of inductive charging that would be cool um patent that 40 percent larger touch pad five point touch uh all glass on that uh it will be available with Core M3, Core i5, or Core i7 versions of the Skylake processor, 4, 8, or 16 gigs of system memory, and internal storage capacity is as high as 1 terabyte, and we're reading that it actually uses NVMe storage. Yeah. Yeah, which is nice. Um, they haven't really posted a whole lot more detail on like clock speeds or specific CPUs that they're using yet, which is actually kind of stupid now that I think about it because I already ordered one right but you know you do what you gotta do uh what's interesting is that if you look at their hype video there was this there are screenshots or pictures of this right now they're all pre-rendered that's not an actual picture of the processor but they tend to be fairly accurate what you're looking at is a uh, haswell part with three die on it uh, so the big the one in the middle die? is the processor uh -huh. the second one on the right i believe is the chipset and the skinny thin tall one on the left is edram Oh, so ah. this will be the first time that you'll see Iris graphics in uh, a Surface device, or okay. really, I think in any really thin and light any fifteen watt any fifteen yeah. watt part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. Um, so so this won't be full performing Iris graphics. It's not Iris Pro. Yeah, it's Iris. Okay. So it has sixty four megs of EDRAM instead of one hundred twenty eight. 
Yeah, but that ADVRAM does help the CPU too, right? Correct. Like in some it, it acts as L4 cache, yeah. right? Yeah. So it will drastically improve graphics performance, but it could also improve other workloads as well. Um, so the, you already ordered one? Yeah, I ordered one of these. Were there different resolution options on the screen? How did no, that work? no, the differences were just M3, i5, or i7, and then 8, 4, 8, 16 gigs of memory, and then 250, or 128, 256, 512, or 1 terabyte storage. So was that like you could choose? Um, like Always? Core M, you only had one option. Okay, okay. Right, the, the lower end of everything. Yeah. i5, uh, you, could, you couldn't get 16 gigs of RAM. But you okay. could get up to maybe you could get sixteen. I don't know. I just I I, you, I, you couldn't you couldn't I get asked, one terabyte of storage. I asked because wasn't there kind of like these oddball, um, you know, uh, how they grouped those specs with like the previous version no. of the Surface, where it if you really like, if you wanted more storage, you were kind of like you didn't necessarily want the faster CPU, but you want more storage, you couldn't do it or something. Yeah, that happens a lot. Like if you look at MacBooks, you know. they tend to do that kind of stuff. Well, I, it, it's. At this point, it's like if you want more than 256, you're going to have to bump the processor and just about anything. But 512 megs, 5 megs, gigs of flash is a lot in one of these devices. That's true. It's an expensive it is. option. It is. Uh, pricing starts at $899 for that Core M base okay, so model. for the base one, yeah. Spikes as high as $2699. Holy crap. If you max out processor and storage, right? So you know, we've got a specs table here. Um, but storage so goes to a terabyte, right? Storage yeah. goes that's, to a terabyte that's, of that's NVMe. A good chunk of that. Yeah. Um, and that includes the highest end Core i7 version. Now remember, Core i5. No wait, we looked at this. All the 15 watt parts are dual core hyper threaded. Mm-hmm. Even the Core i7 parts, they yeah. just higher clock speeds. Um, so there's no true quad cores here. They're claiming nine hours of battery playback. But the i7 is only one with Iris in it. Correct. There's not an i5 with it's Iris. It's not an i5 with Iris, which you know makes sense. I guess. So it's just using the the previous whatever it's called. The integrated it's HD five twenty HD five twenty yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Um, now maybe more interesting than all this or all that is this the Surface Book which was kind of a surprise to me. This is a two in one laptop tablet whatever convertible you want to call it that actually has a discrete GPU option from Nvidia. So internally it's very similar to what you get in the Surface. It's Skylake based. It's only available in Core i five or i seven. There's no Iris graphics option. Um, it has this really cool hinge on it. They call it the dynamic fulcrum hinge. That <laughs> uh, looks like it looks like it looks like a watch band, kind of, of some yeah. kind. Yeah. Uh, but not to be confused with the Yoga Three Pro that had a watch band hinge. Yes, this is different than that. Um, it's a little bit bigger screen. It's a thirteen and a half inch screen, three thousand by two thousand resolution. Uh, so it keeps that three by two aspect ratio, um, ten point touch capability, all that good stuff. Uh, it has two USB 3 ports, but what's, what's interesting is if you uh, – so it also has a backlit keyboard. It has a lot of battery in the keyboard, mm-hmm. uh, and it has an optional discrete GPU, only known as NVIDIA GeForce GTX GPU with one gigabyte of frame buffer. Mm-hmm. Powered by Maxwell. Brought to you by Maxwell. They ma- they That's right. Maxwell. Uh, the only quote I could get from NVIDIA is, the new GPU is a Maxwell-based GPU with GDDR5 memory. It was designed to deliver the best performance in ultra-thin form factors such as the Surface Book keyboard dock. Given its unique implementation design of the keyboard module, it cannot be compared to traditional 900M series GPU. Contact Microsoft for performance information. <laughs> and connector information, too, please. It can't be compared to a traditional 900 series uh, it's some OEM one-off that they tend to do for weird form factors like this. Yeah, yeah. it's a 900 that's chosen an alternate lifestyle. Okay, I I don't I don't have a picture of this separated, 
right? But if you look at this picture here, so this on the bottom is your um, uh, the, the the dock, Keyboard. and then this yeah. detaches right there. And it's kind of an interesting detachment mechanism. They call it what do they call it? Ken was uh, Magnet muscle wire, straps or something. Muscle, muscle wire, wire, muscle wire. Yeah. Oh, here, yeah, here you can see it in the another well well done hype video. Um, so because there's a, a GPU potentially in that base, yeah, um, you can't just like pull the the tablet off of the dock. Surprise hot removal. Right. You don't want a surprise hot removal. Or, well, you do get surprise hot insertions. Yes. But um, so when you want These to remove it, terms, there's a button you have to hold down on the keyboard for like two seconds or three seconds. And then you'll get a little pop-up in the OS that says it's so safe to safe to remove your hardware, essentially. Your computer can be undocked. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and so, then it actually unlocks. And then it unlocks. Right? Yeah. So there's actually a lock to prevent you from doing it accidentally, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it's attached. You could pull it up that way. Um, so that's it's kind of neat. It's like the old school eject mechanism. Now, one thing you'll notice is because of this fulcrum hinge, the, the the machine will never close all the way at that hinge. Yeah, there's a little gap. There will be the, a gap there, yeah. which is which is interesting. I'll, I'll be curious to see how I feel about that because I, I you know I just worry about things you can, getting you can in. Put there. it in milk and but, use it as a straw. Not yeah, but tight. there'll be too much dog hair in it for you to want to use it as a straw. That's true. Mm -hmm. I'm worried about like, suck stuff like dog hair or but, or like coins or, I, or like just pieces of paper. Like I don't know. Like I, so, I like so the because, seal of the laptop. Yeah, yeah, but you keep your laptop in a bag in a compartment of your bag that nothing else goes into. Yeah, yeah. it's in like a little sleeve thing. Yeah, but not everybody does that. Into. I do. Yes, but not everybody does. that. I feel like that's how a lot of people carry no. their laptops. I don't um, know. My wife just kind of shoves it in the person goes yeah. I mean, many people I, I, I do know. that yeah um, but if you shove it in hinge out nothing can really get in there because yeah gravity right? I, I don't know like if I you said, really need weird. it flatter you could just break it no you could undock it and then just put both things in the bag then you have the screen facing outward no you yeah you well, you have the screen, screen on, the on the keyboard. Yeah, but then you got like the connections on the That's laptop the and on the out. dock kind of exposed. So, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. it's, it's weird. And you can you can take disconnect it, flip it around, put it back on and then lay it and then they But you still but you nice still have that extra thickness. Yeah, yeah, no. It's the, the, yeah. the same thing applies. Um, but it's just more useful. This also comes with a surface pen, same type of thing, same mm -hmm. magnetic dock on the side. This is a more expensive device. Um, starts at this they claim this one gets up to 12 hours of battery life. I also ordered one of these. I'm going to be really pissed if that up to only occurs if you don't get the discrete GPU option. Hmm. I'm very curious about the penalty and benefit of this kind of odd one-off NVIDIA GPU. Right. Do, why do I need its performance? That's true. Why do okay. you? Okay. And then what does it affect? Yeah, because like, well, I mean, what would the just justification would be gaming? Light gaming. I mean, they claim they say something about like League of Legends gaming, yeah. um, but like Photoshop using OpenCL. Can you play League, using, League of Legends well, on the uh, Intel integrated stuff? Kinda. I mean, it's like yeah. I thought it still works on Intel that. Intel five twenty. I mean, it probably would. Um, I don't know. It's just yeah, it's weird. It's odd, right? Because it's clearly not a super high performance GPU. Yeah. Because of its form factor that it has to be in, and also that if you look at the specs here on the does it show it on this like the power it doesn't show it does it. Um, the version without the discrete GPU in the dock uses a 35-watt charger. The version with the NVIDIA GPU in it uses a 65-watt charger. I could see so that. So you're, you're estimating about a 30-watt power difference mm -hmm. 
in the devices, right? So that's that's considerable. You're more than I don't want to say you're actually doubling power consumption because the type of power adapters include doesn't necessarily mean that, but it's yeah. just an indicator to us that, that there's something um, there is dramatic more power there. being yeah. used. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, in theory, it's doing Optimus and stuff, so you won't actually be powering on the GPU. When I guess probably like Optimus doesn't even really. I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. It is. Maybe Windows kind of handles that natively. Yeah. I, I honestly don't know, um, but I but I am worried that I ordered the one with the discrete GPU yeah. for us to do a review on, and I'm just kind of like. I wanted to buy both, but I had an already large bill for Microsoft that day. Stop hitting your microphone. Stop yeah. talking. Stop hitting it. Uh, so I, I was worried about it. Hmm. I don't know. And nobody at Microsoft wants to answer any of my questions about it to, to okay. calm my nerves, I guess. Uh, this one starts at fourteen ninety nine, So it's more expensive, and it goes up to the same twenty six ninety nine. How much is the version with discrete? Um, it's two hundred ninety nine. It's two hundred dollars more. The version okay. with discrete is two hundred dollars more across the board, depending okay. on what your configurations are. Same thing, you know, you get two fifty two fifty six or five twelve. I think you get a one terabyte option on storage. Um, but I, I, it's I, an expensive laptop considering the competition. It's an expensive yeah. laptop. I'm going to assume that these two new models can't be opened at all, like the just like the previous service. So no. Yeah. Yeah, they're tablets, but that happen to have yeah, people, keyboard docs. People dremeling a hole under where the SSD is to do an upgrade after the fact and stuff. Yeah, just don't do that. Yeah. Magnesium body. Yeah, they did it. Huh? Muscle wire detach mechanism. I, I, I am proud. This actually shows the gap that we were talking about here, this picture here. So you can see, like, the end of it makes mm-hmm. contact, but the, the side yeah. does not. Like, yeah. gonna, there's going to yeah, be a gap, a gap of some kind. It doesn't look choice. like a really big gap, though. I mean, it's clearly like the gap looks as like much it's... an aesthetic design choice as anything else. Yeah, right. And and I like the way it looks, um, having only seen it in pictures thus far. Uh, but I got to give them credit for like creating a, a device that everybody seems to be impressed by. I like that the way point. that the hinge unrolls, it pushes the screen further away from you, from away from where the keyboard is. Yes. Right. So it's more yeah. kind of more like a desktop. Yeah. 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 Uh, so let's see. Uh, what else we got here? Moving on away from the surface story here. There's one more little thing. Dell Ultra Sharp. Oh, the Dell Ultra Sharp UP3216Q. Jeremy, do you know anything about this monitor other than what uh, the title tells me? Uh, I bet you it's super cheap. <laughs> it's got the Ultra Sharp brand on it. It's got 99.9, 99.5% Adobe RGB. Yeah, and currently it was on sale for eighteen seventy nine, but usually it goes for about two grand. It's as anyone who's played with one of these ultra sharp snows, Dell does a pretty damn good job on their monitors. At least when you're paying this much. Yeah. Uh there's going to be a bunch of people that get very, very upset when they realize it's sixteen by nine. It is thirty eight forty by twenty one sixty. And there are many people that just won't do under ten inches. Honestly, I don't think that I'd mind it that much, but uh, for professional levels, like you said in the title, it's got ridiculously good accuracy for the color. It's 60 millisecond, or 6 millisecond fast mode if you're going to be gaming, 60 hertz refresh rate, and I mean, if you've got this much money and you got the graphics power to power one or two of these, yeah, you've got everyone on this planet jealous of you, because... <laughs> That's just going to be crazy. 
So we have 2000, two, ugh, 1879 so, on Dell's website. So there's, yeah. there's some things that I think are good about this, but there's some things that bug me about this. Like what? It's still IPS. Mm-hmm. True. There's uh, plenty of MVA panels that show way better blacks and don't have IPS glow, even that Seiki. Okay. Right? And along the lines of that Seiki, that's a 40 inch 4K, same resolution. Color calibrates pretty darn well. Alan, it's 99.5% Adobe RGB calibrated. I get it's a wider. That is absolutely not comparable to any display you've I know, seen. I get that it's no, a it's wider like Yes. It's a completely different league and for completely different applications than uh, that. I guess. Essentially TV you got sitting on your desk. <sighs> yeah. None of us should have this monitor, but for professionals dealing with color, it's an amazing thing. I think it's yeah. pretty much would only be those like I mean, look at that look at that parent. <laughs> look how color correct it looks. Look at mean on that screen I'm looking at that can't possibly show those colors. That TN panel you're staring into on the <laughs> yeah. PG monitor. <laughs> I always liked the. Com- there was a TV commercial uh, that always aired <clears throat> that talked about the amazing colors that you were seeing on yeah, the screen. Right, <clears throat> <Or> high definition. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was the, yeah. so overblown. It was. It was just like super bright, and I was like, "Well, screens. my TV's making it look just as awesome you know, on I, your TV. I don't need to buy here's the your thing. TV." None of us have seen a full RGB Adobe RGB gamut screen, have we? Uh probably yes, not. I have. You have. So I mean, compared to like. A hundred percent, um, darn it, sRGB. Yeah, yeah. compared to a hundred percent, like just regular color space, like what, what the Seiki can be calibrated at. Yeah, it's a hundred percent of sRGB. Yeah. Right? yeah, okay. Like, how much of a difference is there? Well, see, I upset the graphics guy greatly <laughs> because I'm looking at it going. No, that's the same damn color, dude. And he's like, that's- no, it's not. You can you not see the difference between those two colors? See, that's that's what I mean. It's like, no, I mean, I mean, red on in just a regular sRGB color space, like red is pure red to me. Like the- I don't see how you can get more red or more blue or more green. <laughs> the- it, it well, has about you, two less. You understand what color gamut is, so you do understand how you can get more red and more green. But that's besides the point. I do. It's, it's just that I don't notice any. It's like past the okay. point where I would notice so, perception. So when you're yeah, working, reality. when you're working in print, yeah. This is a very important thing. So, like, the uh, inkjet printer I have at home. Yeah. The inkjet printer I have at <laughs> home. Yes, that's the one we should be thinking of. Because it does offset, right? I'm I sorry, guess. It prints. Uh, okay. It, I, mean, I, don't, I, I mean, I agree with you guys. Like, I... None of us could ever I find I understand the value panel. of it, but I don't yeah. appreciate the value of it because it doesn't mean anything to me. It's right. the same thing when, when I hear Sebastian talk about <laughs> multi-thousand dollar audio equipment. It's like, yeah, no... I believe you that you can tell a difference. Yeah. I cannot. Um, so it's not a valuable trait for me. Um, I will say a good thing. doesn't mean I wouldn't take it if it were like I will say a good thing. Either. If it comes, well, the other thing they claim comes from the factory <clears throat> Delta E less than two, which is good. Yeah. Like that's where, you know, you're lucky to get less than two freshly calibrated. It's got a so, media card reader. <laughs> well. And, yeah. and okay, two thousand dollars is an expensive monitor, but I mean, let's be honest. If you're a professional, deal it's it. not that expensive. It's, it's, it's actually pretty cheap. Yeah, that's, yeah. But when that's, we when we were getting those first Asus PQ three two ones, those were those more than two grand. Like way more like than three. Yeah, those are yeah, like three hundred yeah. or something yeah. like that. No, the one at work is almost four <clears> grand. Yeah, and a few years back, but yeah, it's it's ridiculously good. And I'm like, yes, the colors look brilliant, but I'm still telling you, you think Dell has red. To- Pay Adobe to use that Photoshop logo on their marketing material. Probably. Probably. 
Did that? Did they have to pay Adobe the RGB? I'm just amazed you can actually buy it. You don't just That's rent true. it you're, from somewhere. Only if the parent took probably, a selfie would you have to pay the parent. licensing the Adobe SRGB Adobe. or Adobe RGB. Probably. Yeah. If you're calling it Adobe all, RGB, right? yeah. yeah. What a so racket. if you don't sign in, you've only got about 40% of the color gamut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't, you're not subscribed to CS. So oh, you, don't, you don't get the full that's gamut. That's sad, but it, it's not... <laughs> not surprising It's not like... I wasn't like, ha, 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 that'll never happen. I was like, well, could that, they do that? That might be a oh, thing. Yeah. They probably yeah. could disable profile. That <laughs> you profile. You, that, you, you haven't downloaded subscribe. Adobe Profile Pro. Uh, which yeah. came with your, you know, pay up or we're taking blue away. <laughs> <laughs> does, does Windows even support like so. a, Adobe RGB profile? Or does I, it only I, work in Photoshop? Oh, that would actually that I would know, suck. I have no idea. I don't know the answer to that. Huh. I don't know. And strangely, everything's black and white in GIMP. Because I know there's like a Rec 709 profile in there, and yeah. there's a few other ones. I don't know if there's a full Adobe yeah. RGB one. All right, we're going to get into our hardware software picks of the week, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. Um, this is something I bought not because I needed it, but because I wanted to plan ahead. And actually, I should have had it. Yeah, so you don't even have it. I don't even have it here with me. Um, this is an iPhone 6 or 6S, both compatible. It's odd, it's odd to me that there is, there is a small difference in thickness of the 6S versus the 6, right? The yeah. 6s plus versus the 6s. Is there? Yeah, it's hmm. a, it's like a this, 0.1 this, millimeter. This is slightly thicker. Yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, than last year's model. Um, oh, you mean the okay the, the but S all the accessories the, still work. The yeah. S versus the non S. Right. Um, so I bought this. It's called the uh, I bought. I really picked this one because Josh, the Stallion Stamina mm-hmm. rechargeable extended charging case. Because I am neither of those things. Is it a Butte style? So does does that is that like not the S version of it, but it works with? It your says S's? iPhone six six S. Okay. In the description, so it's a thirty one hundred milliamp hour external battery, kind of like what are those, the 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 brand name that is Mophie. also kind of the oh, generic Mophie? now the Mophie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like it's like you feel bad for them. It's like Kleenex, right? Like yeah, none, you don't get any respect anymore. <clears throat> um, so it's it's basically a large battery that kind of wraps around the phone, uh, and then it has essentially two times the battery availability. Mm-hmm. I paid thirty four ninety nine for mine, um, right. which it looks like it's uh, that's not in stock anymore. Probably um, because of all the iPhone six buyers. Yeah, I think actually if you get like the silver version, yeah, thirty four ninety nine for the silver version. Uh, but I, Kent got his for like twenty one ninety nine or something like yeah, that on like the, a gold box or it's like the gold box deal of the hour or something. Yeah, like that, which is yeah. why I sent it to you in the first place. So I must have got it after that hour, mm. like a sucker, yeah. like a sucker. But for thirty five bucks still, and, and like I said, I don't think it, the phone needs it on like a day to day basis. I've still been very impressed with the battery life of the device. Yeah, um, but. I'm preparing for like, oh, I'm going to go out of town in a work convention or, or something like that. Where I'm going to do a lot of uh, email or phone calls or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or I might, you know, say, hey, I'm going, you know, this weekend I'm going to go to Lexington for a wedding. Rather than like remember to bring a charger, I'll just bring this pack with me. And when my battery's low, it's true. You know, do that, plug it into that overnight or something like that. Just um, for those for those purposes. So. Uh, interesting idea, nonetheless. All right, so we're going to move on to other people on this list. Uh, we've got Jeremy. I'm sorry, I'm just stalling a little bit for me to get my links open here, since you guys yeah. don't put any of this in until after the fact. Uh, we got Jeremy next with the Power Connect something something. Yeah, it's an MTech Power Connect. It was sent to me, and I haven't finished writing up my review of it because I suck, but I am still Fair working enough. on it. Fair enough. Uh, it's 
No, it's the battle. more interesting of the two that they sent me. Uh, what they is also that sent plug? a wireless uh, hard drive. But this does everything that the wireless hard drive does, including having a Samba built into it so it will map just perfectly. Or universal plug and play if you're one of those weirdos that actually uses that. So that's a, that was Ethernet you had plugged in that I saw. It has, well, yeah, because it's running as a Samba server right now. Huh. So it's, it's mapped as a drive on but my it's, it's PC. It's not wireless? It is also wireless. So that. you can set it up as wireless. It's got a nice little uh, interface that you can hook up, which is even BlackBerry compatible. What? <laughs> uh, of course, that would shocked. be something that you own. Yes. I, I can't actually download one of the apps. Those are iOS and Android, but uh, uh. I'm hoping to play with one at work. Uh, it, the other nice thing about this thing, on top of all of the shared data connection, 5200 milliamp battery. That's pretty cool. So it's already fiddled a Samsung Galaxy 3 of my buddies from 30% to 90% uh, twice. And it did it in an hour both times. So wait, this is a a hell of a multi-purpose device. Yeah, so this is a battery. It's a power bank, a Wi-Fi device. But it's got storage? And it's it's got an SD card for storage. So uh, this one's got a 16 gig in it. So it, uh, so it it mounts an SD card as a Samba server, which works over wireless or wired. Correct. And charges your phone. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's 811. Yeah, it's 80211 uh, BG and N. Okay. So, it's, so let's it's, put a bunch of disparate things together in a small holy felt package. Oh, just wait. Sell the review I'm working That's the battery yeah. pack equivalent of like those 20 or I mean 48 in one card reader things. Yeah. It's more just or less. like. Yeah. <laughs> holy crap. And. It's fifty-seven dollars. That's pretty good. <laughs> it's fifty-seven bucks. That's pretty good. I'm impressed. And uh, one of the reasons you don't recognize Mtech, do you? No. They renamed themselves in two thousand. So what were they? Basif. What? B A S F. They must have spun <laughs> off because must be a subsidiary. Yeah, because they're still yeah. a yeah. bad. They're, they're still, still a thing, thing, but they spun off from their Don't magnetic storage. Yeah. So that's why I was like, <laughs> we what make the hell is M-Tech? Your everyday <laughs> things. That, I look yeah, at it. Yeah, they don't make the things you use. They make the things you use better or something. They make the things you use to make the things you use. Yeah, they make the stuff that makes the petroleum turn into carpet. Yeah. <laughs> yes. right? like, that's what it is. Can you tell that Ryan went carpet shopping today? I went today? carpet shopping today. Ryan I learned all about the differences between petroleum-based carpet and cornstarch-based carpet. Uh, cornstarch-based carpet? Yeah. Is that biodegradable carpet? Uh, so that's where carpet It has a 25-year warranty, so it's oh, not biodegradable that much. That's a pretty cool device. I do want to go back and point out one thing on the device that I had because I saw somebody in the chat was talking about it. I find it odd as well that this device is – it has it – so it obviously has a lightning connector to connect to your phone. Yeah. But then it has a micro USB connection that you actually connect to the outside world with. Uh-huh. So you have to charge this device with a micro USB cord. Uh-huh. Independent of how you charge your phone. Well, no. It charges the phone. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like if you're an Apple user, you have a bunch of lightning cables. True. Right. And you also have micro USB cables because other devices in the world exist yeah, that aren't but, Android. Well, but if you're an Apple user, but wait, you only have Lightning cables. But didn't the uh, case come with a micro USB? It does. <laughs> okay. I mean, it does. But it's just so odd to me. And like, I understand we had this discussion before that because Apple doesn't license the female parts yeah. of the Lightning. <laughs> It right. sounds so wrong. It sounds just ridiculous, no. but it's it's the, they don't license female. They're very sexist over at Apple. They don't license female yeah. lightning. Yeah. They only license, you know, the Audi male the the Audi version of lightning. Yeah. 
So this company and any other company couldn't have a lightning connector in. It's true. Right now, so you can still use USB to charge it and for data, Ken says. So yeah. if you hook this up to your PC or your Mac, like it will still connect and sync and do all the stuff that it normally would do. Which make which begs the question of what is the added benefit of lightning anyway? Over you It's reversible. But is there any is there are there like some accessories that wouldn't work? Uh I mean, so like li- lightning does video out and other things. Like it consolidated the thirty pin connector, which I did see. a whole bunch of things into yeah. the small connector. It does digital audio out. Okay. And it, other it, stuff. It's a completely digital thing and then like if you get an HDMI adapter, there's an HDMI converter on the other yeah. end. Okay. So you lose some stuff. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that you wouldn't use that through a battery case probably anyways, like yeah. All right, fair enough. And it also comes with the extension, so you can actually use headphones. It comes with yeah. like a, it comes with something that kind of looks like this, <laughs> but not uh, bright, but not really, but not this not color, that. and not as a few. <laughs> never mind, it doesn't look like that. Uh, <laughs> so moving on, Josh, me, you, is it this? My no. 1990 vintage <laughs> Akira soundtrack. Akira, yeah, oh, say Akira. Right. You want vintage? Akira. How about this? It's fantastic. You should get it. <laughs> I should get well, it. Well, no, mine's I was mine's cleaning so things earlier. up and I found that. <laughs> that yeah. is special. One's still useful, and then the other's the Matrox disc. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what's your pick, Josh? Uh, my pick is, uh, you know, Defense Grid 2 VR. Oh, God. They're uh, doing this so that you can do actual VR with Oculus, and apparently it really improves. The entire experience. So watch that. See what the guy has to say, and see if Akia, well, the the Defense Grid Two VR is is for you. It kind of s- makes sense, but we'll in, see. In completely unrelated news to this, I will say that the Akira soundtrack is really good. It okay. is fantastic. It's really, really good. And when I was seventeen, the song on it, where they're racing their motorcycles through the city. Mm-hmm. Is a is a really yeah. good song to drive fast to. Okay, it, it is weird. It's it's a it's it's. Really it probably applies that. now. In addition to when you were a kid. Yeah, but I'm more responsible now. <laughs> With your vet. Yeah, I don't I don't need to drive fast. I don't I don't have a small penis. Okay. <laughs> or I don't need to drive on bald tires. I don't know what that indicates about me, but I just no. I don't that's like to a drive huge. You're just like that is a huge <laughs> penis and I balls. Co drums driving uh, in the winter. Driving in the winter with no tires doesn't mean you with have no guts tread. or balls. It means you have. It means you got a cheap wallet. Disease. It means you have Tatanka balls. It means you're lazy. You're lazy because <laughs> you won't go to the tire store. Is what it means. <laughs> lazy, poor, and or dumb. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> Pick one or all. Just Pick all. two or three. All of them. All right, uh, Alan. So this used to be a uh, paid-only app that did not have a trial version, okay. even, and it miraculously turned into a free app over the years. Uh, it's called Picture Information Extractor. So these guys, these Pick Meta guys, also have a couple of other apps that you know, like there's a like a printing. It's like a print station app that lets you organize pictures to fit like fit all your prints on like certain size paper sure. and stuff it does one of those things that's their paid app and then there's like a Pi studio app that kind of combines all the stuff into one that's also a paid app but this one's free and i think it's their most useful one if you're just like running batches of photos through your system 
and you want to re- like batch rename them based on like date and time, photo taken, stuff okay. like that, right? You could just point this thing at a directory on your system, and every time you fire it up, it goes back to that directory. And if that directory happens to have like unrenamed pictures, just like named whatever came out of your camera, DCO one two five. Yeah, you just open this up. If it's already pointed at that directory, it just fires up with the directory open. You hit Control A and one button on the toolbar, and it auto batch renames all of your stuff to like you know photo date and time. And okay. then you close it, and then you go on about your business, and you, now your pictures have been named to something that makes sense and not like DSC. Is the interface, like, awful? No, it's just like, it looks like Explorer, Ooh, kind of. It's just bikini ladies, hey. Uh, okay. Hey. Yeah, I don't even use it in, like, thumbnail view, because I don't want it to even try to generate stuff. I just use it in, like, list view. Yeah. So I just fire it up. There's the list. Control A. Auto rename. Takes, like, a few seconds. And then just go on with your life. It's pretty handy. I haven't found like a simpler equivalent of this that does it this way. Um, you know, because they're always add. You have to add support for like raw formats of other cameras and stuff for it right. to properly yeah. read that. Yeah, do drivers. And, yeah, and these guys update this thing like every month mm-hmm. with like you know new stuff. I I once used a bulk renaming tool that had oh, so many buttons. That's I know. Oh, it looked like if you told a ninth a ninth grader. Make an application in Visual Basic to do X. To do everything. Right. And they were like, okay, I don't know how to do functions, so I'll just make a button for everything. <laughs> right? Like, um, I, don't know how to do, I don't know how to do radio buttons, so how about a big gray button for every option? That's what it was. Uh, well, yeah, but that... I think um, it was called Bulk Renaming Tool, I believe it, is the name it, of the application. It was. It worked great. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Bulk mm-hmm. File Changer, I think. Yeah. It was one of those. I, I just want to say uh, the Akira soundtrack is not on Spotify. It's not on iTunes Music either. I was looking. <laughs> is it on Audible? <laughs> it's not on Audible. Someone yeah, they, read they it. read it to <laughs> you. Someone reads the soundtrack. G G G C D C Sharp. Awesome. All right. Um, so that is it, everybody. That's going to be tonight's episode. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Thank you if you joined us in the live stream and hung out in the chat as well. We really appreciate it. Um, PCPro.com slash live is where we record the show on Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. And if you missed any of this episode uh, or you want to admit, uh, subscribe to the RSS files, subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can get all that information at PCPro.com slash podcast. Uh, and we would greatly appreciate it if you would do that. Share it with your friends uh, and, and help grow this this readership, viewership, listenership, whatever. This consumership. We'll call it consumership. That sounds like a term. Let's make that up. Uh, we'll be back Next week, uh, I don't think I have any like traveling or anything going on here. Nope. The only thing on my schedule between now and next Wednesday is Star Wars Battlefront Beta, apparently. <laughs> and giving out keys. Which is going to take you five days. Uh, yeah, I've got a couple more keys to give out. I gave out two in the chat. So, um, and somebody just put a key in there. I don't know if that's actually legit. I don't. It's like so a malware. Just, it's a that, malware key. Yeah, it actually downloads. <laughs> that's a Windows XP key. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, so look, they're they're actually pasting the same key over and over again. So it I don't. It's not gonna. Maybe it does work multiple times. I don't. It doesn't. Well, I don't know what they're doing. Anyway, we'll see you next week, guys. I'm Ryan Schrell. I'm Jeremy Holstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. And I'm Alan Valentine. Bye. See you.